strap in, <laughs> buckle up, get ready for the worst time of your life. <laughs> All right. I know this podcast is a very big part of your life. You've mentioned it to me multiple times. Kind of a, you know, a bachelor nation groupie. No, 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 hold on with me, Derek. One thing that I said that's false, Derek. Don't insult my intelligence. Hi, Emily. Hi, Kayla. I, this feels, I mean, I'm excited as always to talk to you, but it does feel like even sweeter knowing that I just saw you a literally long time. No, see, like I just saw you in person two days ago. I just drove you to the airport at 3am on Monday, (laughs) on Monday. And now here we are recapping eight hours of television. (laughs) Like I watched them. Guys, I can't lie. I was behind because last week, knowing that people were coming to my apartment, I was like trying to get homework done. Like I was, I, and I heard the yeah. episodes were like good watchable episodes for the first time this whole season. But literally. I was like, I literally can't watch live. Like I have to get homework done. So I did like a marathon, like almost as impressive as your marathon um, yes. that you ran. Yeah. Yours took long. Like yours was longer, like eight hours, man. Like it's like double the time dedicated. (laughs) Literally. I watched like eight hours of the bachelor yesterday from the time I signed out of work until the current episode ended. Um, that being said, the women tell all fresh in my brain, Susie breakup fresh in my brain. So what you have trauma blocked from your brain, like, yeah, I remember. (laughs) Yeah. Because so much has changed since then. I've just blocked out too many things, but I think I'll be able to refresh as we go. Um, we are going to do a solid two parts of nonsense this week and we're not going to do, it's going to be thematic in due to the fact that we didn't take notes, but it's not going to be thematic in the way that we have planned to do things because Clayton got interesting. He got horrible, but he got interesting to his credit. <laughs> you know what? He took the note. He took it in the wrong direction, but he took yeah. the note. And his final form was horrible, but entertaining. <laughs> so that being said, let's kick it off with, um, yeah, we're not going to be doing like worst women tell all moments ever or anything like that, because honestly, the eight hours of TV we watched, there's enough to fill a two-part Don't Insult My Intelligence recap. So there will be two episodes for you guys. Um, part one, you know, you're listening to it. Uh, part two, a couple days from now. Don't put pressure on us. You'll get it when you get it. You get it when you get it, honestly. And then you won't um, hear from us again until July. Until July, unless we do a book club episode about Rachel Lindsay's book, which we will plan hopefully for some time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. To hold you over. And to give you all time to read it and book club with us. Um, But other than that, like we're signing off. (laughs) We, the one fucking thing this franchise has done right in like two years was they heard us when they, when we said we needed a break, they finally heard us. And what is so crazy is that the next time I watch The Bachelor I'm going to be done with grad school and like, you're all go, almost going to be there. You're going to be, I'm so gonna be a month out month away from being done. Um, so that's wild. Although half our um, content is us complaining about grad school. So I really think that they're going to have to make next season extra interesting to fill that void. Yeah. Um, what will we, what will we discuss? Oh, the show, but like, 
literally. <laughs> but like, what else? No, but so yeah, we're going on sabbatical. Um, unless we come back for a few special episodes, we'll see what happens. Um, and unless someone does something super, super fascinating in that time, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to take a little break and we might just come back to you with a fresh rebrand, but TBD on that. Yeah, we're, you know, we, I think we both were experiencing what a lot of the fan base of the show was experiencing, which was just burnout and like, same shit, different season, same dates, same everything. And it just got to be pretty exhausting. And we were texting last night and I was like, and honestly, even if we didn't do a bachelor podcast, I think I still would have felt that way just because nothing had been different in so long. And we were texting last night after the spoilies announcement of, um, Rachel and Gabby both being the bachelorette. And we were both like, you know what? This actually makes us excited to do the show again. It's going to be different. It's going to be fresh. It's two women we both really enjoy. Um, So we're going to be coming back better than ever. A little rebrand, cute little refresh in July. In July. But for now, let's get into this. So we kick off the women tell all um, with immediately the women screaming at each other. Nothing's getting done. And this is the thing I, I actually... This women tell all was the best tell all we've had in quite a few seasons because there was actually things to talk about. That being said, just mute these women's, their mics, Mics. like when they're not being spoken to. Yeah. Part of the reason it was so good is that they had the time because the women tell all the last few seasons and the men tell alls have been like one hour combined with another hour of episode, which- Listen, I'm all for efficiency, so I enjoy in theory, but in reality, it gives less time to do like hot seats, like- like Serene and Teddy got hot seats, which was like cool right. because that wouldn't have happened the last few seasons. Like we were able to actually have conversations with a lot of the women and like give them more of a chance to speak. That being said, not always a good thing. And I actually texted Kayla and tweeted last night, like I actually like Jesse as a host. He's boring. And that's all I need in a bachelor host. Yeah. Um, I feel differently about the bachelorette specifically for the bachelor. I was like, I actually like him. I don't think that he does anything worse than Chris Harrison. Like, right. <laughs> like they were, he was boring too. Um, so I, I actually have really enjoyed Jesse as a host. That being said, that man had no control over what was going on. He was fighting for on. his he life was, out there. He was like, he, I hope he made a billion dollars from having those, <laughs> that shit. I was like, oh my God. Um, like he had no fucking control and it was just chaos just chaos. Obviously a lot of Shanae, um, conversation critiques. Um, that being said, we also touched on this a little bit when we were texting, I am all for roasting Shanae. She's a terrible fucking person. That being said, I really did not like the body shaming of Shanae that was going on. Like when she got up to go to the stage and they were like, her ass looks terrible. She looks bad, whatever. One thing we're not going to do is body shame Shanae and take away the validity of the entire rest of our argument about why she sucks. Right. It totally invalidated them. I was like, guys, like, that's not the fucking problem. Like, like, and I happen to think Shanae looks great. Yeah. Not to mention, like, you know, she actually looked really good and she's like a very beautiful person um, externally, internally, obviously her soul is is damaged black and made of (laughs) tar like she's she's going through something but um no like not to mention she's beautiful but like even if she weren't like if she's a bad person let's focus on that let's start there like let's (laughs) 
let's dive into the deep issues. And like, we didn't even fucking gloss over, we didn't even like touch on the ableism, glossed right over that, which was the worst thing about her that all season people were criticizing and all season Clayton like refused to acknowledge in any meaningful way. And I really, what I wanted was at the Women Tell All for it to actually, for them to force him to be like, this was fucked up, but like that didn't happen. And and I, and I wanted her to have to reckon with it too. Like, I'm not, I, like yeah. more than anything, I wanted her to have to reckon with it. But I also like, I feel like there was a lot of accountability with Clayton and Shanae that he didn't get. And then it went back to the throwing the trophy thing. And I was like, why are we here again? Like nobody fucking cares about the I, trophy. Guys, Ben watched, well, he, he sat in on my like marathon a little bit yesterday, but the only other episode he watched this season was the episode where Shanae threw the trophy and he was like watching all the women go to Clayton and be like, Shanae sucks. She did this, 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 and this. And Clayton was like, nah, I don't know. And then someone was like, she threw the trophy. And Clayton was like, what? Literally. And, like, ben has made fun of that since he watched that episode. And then he happened to be in the room during the women tell all where Clayton was like, what you, when you threw the trophy, like that was, that was irreconcilable for me. Ben was like, is he fucking kidding? <laughs> like, <laughs> how are we having the same conversation again? Nobody cared the first time. Nobody cares now. Right. Like, I think that was the least egregious thing she did, but I tell me you're a failed football player without telling me you're a failed football player. He was like, I never got a trophy. And if I had, I would have been pissed if someone threw it. I was like, if anybody ever threw my Super Bowl ring, like <laughs> that, my- that he absolutely never would have gotten. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing was that the women tell all from what I've heard typically films over five or six hours and a lot hits the cutting room floor. So the one of two things happened, either they genuinely didn't bring it up, which is fucked up on the part of Clayton and the whole, and Jesse and everybody, or it was discussed and it wasn't deemed interesting enough to air, which is fucked right. up on the part of production. So either way right. it fucked up that it wasn't talked about, but I don't know who's at fault. I get the feeling that it was most likely a cut thing, yeah. Um, especially because Elizabeth got almost no screen time, and I feel as though she would, ha- she sh- she would have originally. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, who fucking knows? Like, I wasn't there. But it it did. It was um, frustrating that it wasn't brought up because I was like, if she should answer for anything, it's, it's that that, yeah. and like she just didn't. And like, I follow Elizabeth on Instagram, and she talks a lot about her ADHD and talk is like a really good, um, just like a cool, you know, if you're going to be an influencer, I like that she has a platform to kind of, to validate people who experience similar things to her. Um, so I appreciate that at least, like, at least she's speaking out about, about it, but if anyone should have to be, it shouldn't be her. Like she's the one who had to face the consequence, like yeah, had to face the consequences of Shanae's shitty actions, which is fucking annoying. And um, while we're kind of on the topic of Shanae and her shitty actions, um, everyone was was very, when Clayton came out during the Shanae discussion, everyone was very much roasting Clayton and and he deserved it to an extent of like, we warned you about Shanae, why didn't you listen to that and other thing? But two points got brought up that I think were fair and this is probably the last time I'm going to defend Clayton ever. So just take it with yeah. a grain of salt. Um, just take it in while you can. because Take it in while you can. Um, two things that I think were said that are important to know is that One, Marlena said it, but I completely agree. She was like, Clayton was being manipulated by her as much as we were. And so it's like, yes, he should have done something about it. But also we've all been in relationships where we were being manipulated and we don't know what Shanae was telling him that caused him to 
to not yeah. believe us. Ironically, Clayton then takes <laughs> the student becomes the master later. Yeah, uh, he was like, yeah. he was like, like I was time. being, he was like, I was being manipulated. But what if I turn this around on everyone? <laughs> Literally. Anyway, so, we'll get there. But yes, yes. No, so it was true. a fair. It was a fair point that Marlena made, and I thought it needed to be made because Clayton deserves to be roasted for many things. But I think there there did deserve to be a little bit of grace there. And then Clayton brought up a good point that I also thought is is relevant. By the time people were coming to him about Sarah later in the season, he had already established trust and relationships with the other women. So if Teddy, if Susie, if Rachel is coming to him and saying Sarah's not good. He has trust and he has a relationship with those women and therefore he believes them versus with Shanae. It's a bunch of women. He doesn't really know that well. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, Shanae, like she really sucks. And he's like, I don't even know your name. Right. And you brought that up actually last time we recorded because I said like, you know, it was like Rachel brought it up about Sarah and he immediately was like, oh my God, I have to get rid of her. But it is true. I think that there is something to be said for the fact that so many women were coming forward about like where it's like, okay, like if like six people have come to you about the same person, you know, there's the chance that they're all getting together and saying, what if we targeted her? But like more than likely she's a problem. But that being said, it is a valid point that like it was early enough on and, you know, the way this show works so often someone gets a target on their back, um, deservedly or not. So he may have just felt that he didn't know enough about the other women. And also Um, it's a fair point. Someone called him out on it. I think it was Hunter, Lindsay, one of the girls that looks exactly the same goes, stop making an excuse and just say you had a better connection with her. And that's why you believed her and not us. Yeah. And there's also validity to that. Like he knew Shanae, he had a connection with Shanae. So if you've got a person who you have a connection with saying, I don't know why they're lying about me. And these girls whose names you don't even know being like Shanae sucks. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to believe Shanae. And, and I don't think it should have gone on for as long as it did. He definitely should have been clued in sooner, but I understand his point of like, I wasn't with you guys in the house. Like, right. Yeah. To be fair. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's really the Shanae. Well, so the, the next Shanae of it all transitions (laughs) into that's it for Shanae. So anyway, more on Shanae, actually, (laughs) Not to continue about Shanae, but let's continue. So she gets a hot seat with Genevieve, which is another thing that I found weird. She should have had the hot seat with Elizabeth. They should have then opened up the floor. And again, maybe maybe she had two and they just cut the Elizabeth one because... To be quite honest, the Genevieve one was riveting. Um, so <laughs> we got so much information. So, so Genevieve and 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 Shanae come up, and Shanae is talking about how you know she went home from the show and she was just heartbroken and it was really hard for her and she, you know, wasn't eating. Meanwhile, Genevieve gets home from the show and fucks Aaron from Katie's season, and the crowd goes wild. Like her, <laughs> her power. Like I, but you know what? After we heard it, I was like, that makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, also, like, fucking good for her. Like, Uh if that's true, that's fucking dope. Like, that's- Yeah. Rock right on, Genevieve. Um, But the other thing, like, all the women basically were like, that's not based on anything. Just ignore it. Let's just ignore that comment. But it was said. And and Aaron was, like, later posting, like, am I the drama of this season? Like, (laughs) he's like, I literally am not even there. I just love. So basically like the way the conversation transpired was that Shanae was like, I called you an actress because you were in this for attention, which is why you hooked up with Aaron from Katie season when we got home. And Genevieve was like, 
first of all, no, I didn't. Second of all, if that's such a concern to you, like, why were you in his DMs? And then the whole audience is like, ooh. And Shanae is like, I wasn't in his DMs. And Genevieve was like, he showed me. You heart reacting to all of his stories. And Shanae was like, well, that's not me in his DMs. It's me replying to his story. And I was like, you shut the fuck up. I was like, like that's as in his DMs as I, as I once was, my girl. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> we've all been there. Um, no, yeah, that, like, she just, she, she, she she can't take it the way she wants to dish it out. Like she thinks that she's talking big talk. And then when someone comes back on her and it's like, you're the one who DMs him all the time. She's like, um, okay. Like (laughs) feels like an attack. (laughs) So stupid. Also bachelor people fucking do this. This is the most incestuous group of people you can be. And that's why we have bachelor in paradise. Like it exists so that we can put all these people on an Island and be like, now fuck. So (laughs) like, Gen- like this happens every season people meet at bars and if Genevieve was actually a thirst monster she probably would have been posting with Aaron and James at the bar all the time and being like bachelor nation squad like like I mean everyone who goes on the show is a thirst monster so that's not yeah. you know anything but to Shanae's point like people do that all the time people hang out with people from bachelor nation and they post about it all the time yeah and Genevieve to her credit didn't so it's not really I don't know. Yeah. It's not really it's relevant. I'm like, I'm like, they probably met at a bar. Maybe they did hook up. Maybe they didn't. Who fucking cares? If she did hook up with him, she won. Like Shanae, literally. you literally lose. <laughs> and also the the fact then being that at AFR, the show seated Aaron and Genevieve next to each other, which was iconic on their part. <laughs> Yeah, purposely. And then Marissa, who I'm sure was supposed to be sitting there because Deandra was sitting there and they are best friends, was just somewhere else. Like they they put Genevieve where Marissa was probably supposed to be because they were like, wait, oh we love mess. Like, yeah, we, we love should capitalize mess. on this. So um, anyway, that's the last notable thing that Shanae has ever done. Um, other it than completely backfired. Sh- yeah, other than showing up to AFR and like when she thought Clayton was single, making a face like, Oh, he's single, but, um, that's really it. And then, oh, the other part of women to all I want to talk about is Claire, who is obviously my favorite person this season. She's the one who immediately was like, "Mm -mm, hate him. Um, (laughs) and she was fucking right. And I think we should all apologize (laughs) to Claire because first of all, we always loved her. I, yeah. From day one, Kayla and I were like queen legend icon. (laughs) Like you can have my firstborn. Like she fucking rocked. She rocked. Um, but they kind of, they like baby attack her. I don't think anybody's really that mad at her. And she defends herself pretty well. She's like, I knew that I had nothing in common with him. And they were like, why did you stay for longer? And she was like, I don't know. I wanted to be on TV. Like, she's like, next, I don't fucking care. And she was right about everything. So put some respect on Claire's name. She's a fucking legend. We also get one on, we also get hot seats of Teddy and, um, Serene. Teddy, basically exactly what you'd expect her to say, you know, whatever. Uh, Serene, the conversation with Clayton, um, I texted you about this after Clayton more or less tries to blame Serene for why he told every other woman he loved her because Serene after hometowns told Clayton that she loved him and then he sent her home. And I guess when they were walking out, she said to him, is it because of what I said? 
And Clayton was like, oh my God, like, no, I, I was starting to really care for Serene. I just didn't express that. And I don't want these other women to feel like they don't know where they stand with me. And he's like, so Serene, you really inspired me to be more open and more vulnerable. And I was like, he's really trying to pin Serene for why Literally. he told every other woman he was in love with them. <laughs> Literally. He was like, so you know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to lie. Like... <laughs> I'm going to be so open. I'd just be lying. Like like this man has the social skills of a seven-year-old. Like, oh God. And that's my biggest thing with Clayton. We'll get into it. Don't worry. There's plenty of time left. But like, he just, he's not ready. He's not ready. And he proves it over and over this whole season. Over and over. And he proved it, especially in the last three episodes. But yeah, I mean the Teddy and Serene hot seats. I'm I was like glad we got them. Like we again yeah, we get hot seats fine. for a lot of people, and they were two people I really liked. Um, they did have Teddy and Bachelorette Black, which I was like, that's a choice. Uh, because I was like, if she's the Bachelorette, I won't be mad actually. But I was like, that would be an interesting choice, especially with Gabby and Rachel being left and Serene. Like I was like, it has yeah. to be one of the three of them. Um, so and-, and Teddy also reveals that one of Clayton's brothers was in her DMs, which was- iconic. So funny. I and mean, honestly, that's a bullet dodged. His brothers seem great. Yeah, honestly, like, his brothers are definitely, his parents definitely like the brothers better than him. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like, who um, fuck is this idiot? <laughs> we don't claim him. No. Um, the most notable moment of the women tell all that we got was from one of the blondes, don't know her name. Um, we're all talking about Shanae. We're having a moment. And she goes, you can rot in Ohio for all I care actually put it on my tombstone that's like such a sickening comeback (laughs) like I you know what body shaming her is wrong bullying knock it off racism knock it off shaming Ohio keep that shit up turn it up put that shit on blast (laughs) if there's one thing I hate it's fucking Ohio. It's motherfuckers from Ohio. Oh, um, except for Michael A. He's from Ohio. We love except him. Except for Michael A. And Amanda Klutz is from Ohio. So, okay, they can stay. But other than that, mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Gone. Bye. Gone. I don't it's know gone. how they should people secede. still live there. <laughs> how do people still live there? They should secede. Um, anyway, that was the most <laughs> iconic fucking quote of the women tell all. And probably the whole season, to be honest, until we get into the finale and Gabby. But Gabby should just have her own book of amazing quotes that she said in the last two episodes because she's killing it. I guess the only other thing that's really notable is that we get some Cassidy time who was like the original Mm -hmm. villain prior to Shanae um, about her being attention seeking. And honestly, like I didn't like Cassidy at the time, but after we dealt with so much Shanae, I was like, she's fine. She's fine. And she, her defense is like, not that bad to be honest. They're like, why would you string along this guy? And she was like, the sex was good. So, and I didn't know this man. Like, she didn't fucking know Clayton when she showed up. She could have been right. like Claire and immediately been like, I hate him. Like, yeah, like, so you're going to so end in it her with, defense. Yeah. In her defense, I'm like, you know what? I I do hate when people go on the show and, but like, it was a friend with benefits. Like, it wasn't her boyfriend. boyfriend. It wasn't yeah. like anything serious or crazy, which she said multiple times, which when they told on her, they knew. Um, which at the time that they told on her, I wanted her to leave. So I was like, I don't give a fuck. But hearing her defense of it, I was like, you know what? That's a fair argument. She's like, I was having a good time with this guy back home. I didn't even know if I would like Clayton. Yeah. So like, it wasn't a Jed Wyatt thing. It was no. like a, it was just a, 
you know, we were, we were having a good time before. I think so. we'll definitely see Cassidy in paradise. I think because the show is messy, they're going to send Shanae, but she's going to go home like week one. Cause no one's going to want to date her. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nightmare. so that pretty then, much wraps up the women tell all. Yeah. And then the else. only other thing was really just like, they showed Jesse when he was the bachelor. Um, oh yeah. So he funny. is the infamous bachelor who like said the wrong name at a rose ceremony and then realized and was like, that's not who I wanted to give the rose to. It was like very funny. And it's funny to see because his season was so long ago, time ago. I'm like aging Jesse so much. I'm like, it was like 45 years ago. Um, <laughs> he's like, he's like not an old guy, but um, it was like funny to see him as the bachelor. Cause I think that's another benefit of having him as the host. I hope that like, if he continues hosting, which I am bummed that he'll host the bachelorette. I feel I'm, I wish that they would bring back Caitlin at least. Um, but if he continues hosting, I hope that he'll find more of a groove. Obviously right now he's like a boring white guy. So, well, we'll see if there's a groove to be found. Yeah. We'll Um, see if there's any, I mean, the job is nothing. Chris Harrison never did anything either. We just like, like people liked him because of the nostalgia. Like, yeah, (laughs) that man was eating lobster while these people were on dates. And when they interrupted him, he would get, he would be like, what, what do you want? (laughs) I'm like still hoping they get Jeff Probst to come host the bachelor. Um, Jeff Probst. Guys, I can't tell a lie. I had to Google how old he was the other day because they said he was 38 when the show started. And I was like, fuck, the show started like 20 something years ago. Yeah. He's a he's still so hot, guys. Like Jeff Probst. Oh. If you're I listening, think they should get the host me. of cat i think they should get the host of cash cab the clavicle is more commonly known by what name collarbone yes uh and it should be actually just cash cab instead of the bachelor <laughs> <laughs> um anyway so yeah that was basically the women tell all and that's where it started getting interesting and ooh boy ooh it did boy. not stop <laughs> it, the fun just kept on rolling so the next night was fantasy suites this was last tuesday it aired um and of course course these women spend their entire day they don't have cell phones they spend their entire day with their producers they each have a producer assigned to them whatever 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 most sometimes multiple Susie definitely told a producer that she had reservations about fantasy suite week and they made sure she went last to see what Clayton would do it was a hundred percent intentional oh yeah they were like he should fuck around and find out right (laughs) right so um Rachel goes first. Rachel is the first fantasy suite. And then I forget when this started. I think it was Peter's season. That was the it first was, time that yeah. they did this, that they keep the women together during Such fantasy bullshit. suite. It's like abusive, honestly. Like, and they, like this season, we're lucky that the top three actually are really good friends. And so the three of them together was of course uncomfortable, but at least it wasn't like a cat fight. <laughs> right. Um, it was like, okay, at least they get along like we're lucky for that but like such a bullshit thing that they started doing for more drama it's like leave them alone right so Rachel goes on hers first they go on this little thing down into a volcano in Iceland super cute go to the dinner portion um nothing really crazy happens other than um he says he's falling in love with her um he gives her the fantasy suite card she says yes they go into the fantasy suite they have sex and the next morning when he's leaving, he says, I love you, Rachel, as he's walking to the car. Important to note that it's while he's walking to the car. Yeah. Um, so then the next one is Gabby. So she comes home. So Rachel comes home the next morning and we see Susie and Gabby talking and Susie 
is telling Gabby that she would be uncomfortable if Clayton ends up saying that she's the one, but that he was intimate with other people. And you can tell that Gabby doesn't really feel that way. You can tell the intimacy part of it isn't as much of a big deal to Gabby. It's more the use of the word love is clearly the thing that impacts Gabby more. Right. Um, And Gabby is also more just like, this is really awkward, but isn't like kind of spiraling as much versus yeah, Susie Susie's spiraling. Susie is starting to spiral. We see a metaphor about it later uh, as she right. descends the spiral staircase. So Gabby goes next. They ride these like little dune buggies. They do the whole thing. Their fantasy suite is in a yurt. Um, he also tells Gabby he loves her on his way to the car the next morning. Yeah, he's, and he like, he like is so seemingly happy about it every time he says it. Yeah. And I'm like, Clayton, you're in danger, girl. Like <laughs> you gotta yeah. get it together. Um, because this is also like the only other time that leads, we've talked a lot about Ben Higgins this week. Um, the only other time that leads have told people they loved them really was the final week, like before proposals, like the last few dates. Mm-hmm. Or if they say it fantasy suite week, they say it to two people, not yeah. three. So he says it to Gabby and we're like, okay, that's two. And we knew it by the preview that he was going to say it to at least two. So. Yeah. And also I think um, some supplemental resources I'm going to be including over the course of this recap are that Susie just went on Vile Files, Nick Vile's podcast. And there was some discussion that was pretty relevant to like what we're discussing here. So Susie brings up that her and Gabby on the night of Rachel's fantasy suite her and Gabby actually had pretty in-depth conversations on their views of sex and intimacy and stuff like that. And Susie was very respectful about it, but she was like, you know, we feel differently. Like for me, like if I'm going to be with someone, like I can't handle if they've been with someone else. Gabby was a little bit more, she was able to separate sex and love in a way that I'm not able to. And that's okay. We're different Mm -hmm. people. Um, And Nick brought up a good point about hookup culture as it is now versus when the show started 20 some odd years ago nick was like if a lead had sex with more than one person in the fantasy suite when this show first started like it would have been the most like crazy wild like even right up until nick's season he was like no i only had sex with vanessa in the fantasy suite and like and like raven ultimately knew she wasn't getting picked because they were not intimate in the fantasy suite like that kind of used to be like a golden rule right Versus like sex culture and sex positivity is great, but because of sex positivity and hookup culture and stuff like that, it is becoming more and more common for the lead to have sex with more than one person in the fantasy suite, which again is neither here nor there. But I think for the women, it was less about him having sex with both of them and more about he said he loved all three of them. Totally, totally agree. And yeah. like, like that's what I was trying to explain because I watched um, the last, this episode from this past Monday with Ryan he was like I'm a bit confused because he didn't watch before that so like he was really coming in blind but he was like I'm confused like what's the point of the show and I'm like I mean here's the thing like many leads before have not said I love you to more than one person many leads before have only had sex with one person or maybe two people but like and there are leads who have had sex with all of their fantasy suites as well but it just depends on on also the partners and depends on um the women or men who are affected by it and their feelings on it. And like, like, I don't know, everyone is different. And I think people have different views, especially when you come on a show like this about like 
what the intimacy because you know that he's making out with people every week like yeah <laughs> like everyone yeah. knows that so you know it's like how you separate that physical from the saying I love you and I totally understood why Rachel and Gabby felt the way they did about him yeah saying he loved multiple people so and boy we haven't even seen the worst of it we haven't even skimmed the fucking surface um things are still things are still like happy right now like right where we're at like everyone is blissfully unaware the only person starting to have a moment is Susie everyone else is kind of like I feel great right and then (laughs) so then it's Susie's she's last um they do this like thing we've seen this I think it was actually Nick and Vanessa's last day on Nick's season two it's like this like cold plunge thing you dip into cold water then you dip into hot water you do the whole thing mm-hmm. they do that dinner portion comes around now this is where shit hits the fan so so Susie has her ideal and her like moral whatever is that she feels that sex should be shared between people in a committed relationship And Susie's feeling is that if Clayton was intimate with either of the other women in the fantasy suite, or he told another woman he loved them, that Susie would not be able to move forward in this relationship. And she says that to him in the most respectful and articulate way. Like she's not, she's not crying. She's not like, she's not emotional. She's like, listen, this is how I feel. This is my boundary. And, and, you know, exactly. And she's not accusing him of like, I'll be mad at you if you did, no. but this is my boundary. She's not like, you're a piece of shit. If you did this, like what the fuck? Like, it's not slut shamey. It's not yeah. anything. It's like, Nothing. just like, this is my boundary. And the only critique that I think people had of it that was valid was like, I wish she had told him sooner, which I get that critique, but also yes. like, this like it is what it is like you know she didn't but when she told him she was not accusatory and she was not inflammatory she was like very very down to earth and calm now leaning on our supplemental resource here nick is asking her more about this on the podcast and Susie was like honestly i didn't think he was picking me she was like i saw rachel and gabby come back from their fantasy suites i assumed they had been intimate based on the way that they were talking about the experiences yeah. gabby had sex hair like people right. on twitter and were like gabby got sex hair i'm like good girl literally like- and rachel was like at that point I was expecting to go home that week because yeah. I saw Rachel and Gabby come back and, and they had such good fantasy sweet weeks, whatever. She's like, I assumed that I was going home. And yeah. so she was like, I was heartbroken about it. I didn't want to go home. I wanted to be the one she was like, but going into that dinner, I was expecting to tell him that and have it be the end and have that be his choice. Like he's taking right. me out of like, I'm moving forward with one of the other two women, Susie, sorry, like you're not the one. Yeah. He was like, so when I presented that to him, I didn't think it was going to be a controversial thing because I assumed he wasn't picking me. Yeah. And she was like, and, and I was okay with that because he was intimate with someone else. He did tell someone else he loved them. So to me, that meant, oh, he's not picking me. He said those things to somebody else. That's who he's picking. Right. And she was like, so that was my assumption. And she was like, and the flip side of that, and the part that I hoped was true was that I was going to go in there and tell him this boundary. And he was going to be like, I love you. And I wasn't intimate with anybody. She's like, she's like, I didn't think that that was the case, but that was my hope. Right. So she was like, one of those two things was going to happen. She was like, I didn't even kind of think that he was going to say, Susie, you're the one. And also I was intimate with other people. And also I said, I loved other people. It's like, it's one or the other, which is like, which is like, immediately where I was like, this is so fucking valid of her because like, 
when you think for more than two seconds about it and people are like, oh my God, that's the show, that's the show. Don't give a fuck if it's the show. Think about if the person right. that you were dating or wanted to marry slept with two people the two nights before you guys got, like, were about to get engaged. Like, <laughs> like, right. like, that's not how life works. I know it's how the show works. I know it's how the show has always worked. Da, 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 whatever. But like, she's so valid for this. If you think that you're the choice, it's so valid to be like, well, I hope if I'm the choice, he wouldn't have just slept with two other people. Right. It's wanting to feel special, knowing the knowing the way the show works, but also wanting to feel like he's choosing you. And also the critique that she should have told him sooner, I do see. You know, there have yeah. been contestants in the past that that is a clear boundary for them. And they express, <laughs> like Madison Pruitt. Maddie listen. told Peter early on and he said, he didn't listen. fuck you, bitch. I don't right. give a fuck. Because I think that that's also, to be fair, actually, to Susie, that's a good point as fucking he's such an idiot but that's a good point in that like it would have been worse if she had told him earlier and that motherfucker still didn't listen right so like that's also kind of like I get like I it's still a good it's still a valid argument to be like you should have told him sooner even if it would have hurt you more but like she might have been like what if I tell him sooner and he still does it that's the worst thing that could happen right, right. like to be fair we don't know but and also for Susie and I, I may have gleamed this from her Vile Files episode. I don't remember where she said it, but her point also was, if this is my person and this is the person I'm supposed to be with and our morals are aligned to the point that we are supposed to be together, my person wouldn't want to sleep with anybody else. Exactly. She, her exactly. point was more or less like, yeah, maybe I should have told him sooner, but also I shouldn't have had to tell him. No, that's exactly how I feel. And I, that's where I totally agreed with her. I was like, I think you want to feel like if they're your person, they respect you enough to only want to be with you. And we've talked about before Clayton fucks. So he frames it as physical intimacy is important to me, but like in reality, is it, or like, do you just kind of because I get that too. I, physical intimacy is important. Like it is an important right. part of relationships, no matter what spectrum you stand on, what side of the spectrum you stand on about it. Right. It is important. But like, I do feel that a bit like he has used that as a cop out where he's like, it's something that I need to determine. And I'm like, I don't really feel like if you're in love with someone, like, especially with what he then says to Susie, which is I love you the most, <laughs> which is asinine. So clearly you didn't need to have sex with two other people. Like you loved her the most. What are you doing? And also he may have genuinely meant this when he said it, but something that I think is also important to note is that Clayton is religious. Clayton views himself as a moral person. And I I think Rachel's question to him at AFR when she says, did you tell me you loved me because you wanted to sleep with me? And he's like, no, I'm sure he didn't knowingly do that. I'm sure he wasn't like, oh, if I tell them I love them, I can fuck them. Like, I'm sure that wasn't conscious, but I do think that in his brain, who he views himself as a moral person, as a good person, I think his brain may have kind of tricked him a little bit into thinking like, I love them. And that's why it's justified to sleep with them. Totally. I think there's, and that's where I, I say, I'm like, he's not ready and he's manipulative because he even, he's manipulating his himself. Like he's convincing himself that these things are normal and okay. And that's like, and we'll get more into all of the details of after the final rose, but like, people are like, you have no empathy. 
You have no yeah, empathy. None. And like, he's so not self-aware and so manipulative and has no empathy. And we'll get, we'll get into the first moment of no empathy right now with Susie, because basically she, she's so groundedly and so like gently tells him this boundary she has. And he immediately is takes Panics. the defense he takes the defense and he's like, I was intimate with, with, with another person here. Doesn't immediately say that it was both of them says another person here. And then, and it starts and starts spiraling and it, it goes from like panic and, um, defense of himself to like projecting onto her and like manipulating her so hard into thinking that she did something wrong by bringing up a boundary. He says he doesn't even know who he's looking at right now. He feels like he doesn't even know her for saying this, like accusing her her of throwing their relationship away. And as if he wasn't the person to do that, like he's just starts projecting and projecting and it just gets worse. It's like 10 minutes of him just like being the absolute, like everyone had had critiques of Clayton, of him being boring, of him being blah. This is like such egregious behavior and I was yeah. like oh like like nightmarish I was like if a man it, it, it men do this all the time this is like how unfortunately sadly men uh, you know operate sometimes but like so manipulative and and she starts like second guessing basically yeah she she it, and what kills me is that she leaves that interaction and gets in the limo apologizing to him yeah. He's for, like, I can't even look at you right now. Opens the door, get in. <laughs> yeah. And, and I just, and when we talk, we'll talk more about the no empathy thing later, but that's something that Nick brings up to Susie a lot during the interview. He was like, I think the biggest critique of Clayton is not that he followed his heart. It's not that he hurt Rachel and Gabby. That's the nature of the show. People are going to get hurt. People get hurt. Yeah. He was like, it's the fact that he never put himself into anybody else's shoes over the course of the show. Like if I were Rachel or Gabby, how would I feel about being broken up with at the same time as another person? Like just like little things like that. He never even remotely considered. Right. And even, even things like that, that may have been a producer thing. If you're actually a good fucking person, you'd be like, no, I'm not doing that. Like I'm not because people push back on the producers all the time. As viewers, we like to think that they don't um, because a lot of times they don't, but like, yeah. if you know the show and the format of the show, like Rachel talks about it in her book. I'm sure Michelle did it because her season was so like clear and to the point and, and drama free most of the time, like you can push back on the producers and they're not going to force you to do something. So yeah. like, this is the other thing is like, well, that was producer forced. I don't really give a fuck. If he had an ounce of empathy in him, he could have said, I'm not doing that. Like, so yeah, so Susie leaves. Clayton is a mess. Um, and something that Blake Hortzman, our favorite person, tweeted, and normally his takes are like very cold when it comes to the ice, Bachelor. Ice cold. He like, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, I think you're gonna quote the same thing. I was just thinking. That's he likes nice. very random people. Um, he, I don't know what's going on with him. But one thing he tweeted that I thought was really poignant was that this is why a lot of times leads that come from the top three are better than leads who come from later on in the season, because Blake is like, Clayton did not love Michelle. Clayton had a crush on Michelle. They went on a couple dates. Clayton did not love Michelle. And Blake was like, unless you've 
fallen in love in this process and you've been through the heartbreak of being dumped that late in the process, you don't understand. And no, and because Clayton at most had a crush on Michelle and you should just have empathy because you're a human being. But I think Blake's point is that if you've been dumped at the final two and then you go on to be the lead, you handle people with more care because you've been there. Yes. Michelle and Brandon's breakup. Like, like there are so many examples recent and years and years ago that like point to this. And I, when I saw that tweet from Blake, I was like, he's so right. And I, I don't think that I thought that deeply about it, especially because sometimes they choose someone who was in sixth and I'm like, best person ever. And I just like love them. Hannah Brown had one of the best seasons yeah, of the show ever. Like, unconditional yeah. love, but like, it's such a good point. Like he hadn't fallen in love and he hadn't been broken up with in this way where he was like, so devastated. So he, that being said, like, he's a fucking idiot, uh, still. And but also like, if he had had like that experience, he may have had that insight to be like, Oh, I need to, um, you know, yeah. handle this better. <laughs> and also Yes, because The Bachelor is such a unique experience. Like you can get dumped in real life and dumped on national TV and they're going to feel like two totally different things. Mm -hmm. But even if you want to say, okay, well, he's been broken up with in his life. Like he should have some knowledge. He hadn't had a girlfriend in six years. Like, yeah, he hadn't had when he loved them until Rachel in like five years. Clayton had not even gone through a breakup since he was in college. Right. And so it's like, there's just, and I'm not defending him at all. If anything, it's a critique. It's like, why are we putting somebody in this position who not only has never been dumped on the show and didn't have a legitimate connection on the show, but who doesn't even really have that much relationship experience to have empathy for the other people? No. And it's like, we didn't know anything about him, obviously, when he was chosen. But the fact that like, they just so blindly chose someone that we didn't even know his relationship history, really. And like, like even if they were going to choose someone who came in like eighth, (laughs) but they had been in like a more recent relationship or had gone through something like with, with, um, Michael a on Katie season, like he was married. Like, I trust that he has emotional intelligence, you know, like, I just feel like, and he's not the only example. There are plenty, but like the, it, it really is like people who go on this show without ever having a second of relationship experience. This is why people criticized Sarah on right. on this season and they were like she's not ready and some people were really mean to her about it but like the point kind of stands where it's like yeah she's 20 fucking three like she's not she's not ready and like and that's not to say when you're 23 you can't have emotionally intelligent conversations or have gone through heartache like I'm 24 and I've gone through those things but like yeah but like Sarah is an example of someone who was 23 and also very clearly had not had those experiences yeah so like when you're the lead, it's even more highlighted if you have no fucking idea how to talk to people or have a relationship with people. Right. So that's more or less how last week's episodes end. Um, she goes home and then w- the rest is going to take place in the finale. So that's how the women tell all end, uh, ends. Women yeah. tell all. The episode after the women tell all. And, um, and fantasy suites. And basically at the end, you're like, this girl dodged a fucking bullet. Yeah. Like hundred percent after watching the, his behavior, I was like, she got the fuck out of there. Like good yeah. for her. <laughs> yeah. Aged poorly. It aged very poorly. Um, <sighs> and that's why it aged so poorly because it's just so upsetting. But yeah, it just, it was like, it, it was like borderline scary. 
And I think there's a lot of people critiquing his behavior. There's a lot of people defending his behavior. Weirdos. Um, (laughs) Sickos. But like, ultimately, like, this is a manipulation. He used manipulation tactics. And maybe he's, he doesn't realize that, but it doesn't change the fact that it was manipulative. Like, yeah, sorry, if you're so stupid that you can't see you're you're manipulating someone, that's really not my problem either. Like, (laughs) you still did. Yeah, and I think that's also something that, multiple women, Gabby, Rachel, Jesse, even during AFR mm-hmm. are like, apologize, take, right. take accountability, say, I'm sorry, because it's, it, it's not that he answers things poorly, like at women tell all when people, he's actually pretty good at answering when people are asking him something like he usually yeah. has pretty poignant answers, but it, it like at the women tell all, like when he was kind of beating around the bush about why he didn't cut Shanae and what's her blonde was like, just say you liked her more. Right. Just say you liked her more. And, like, and he, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he does beat around the bush. He's also the king of, I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah. It's a oh lot of, I'm sorry you feel that way. Okay. Does nothing for me. <sighs> Apologize for your fucking actions, not for the way that right. I received them. Right. It's so like, that's another manipulation tactic that he continues to use even during after the final rose. And it's like, you have learned nothing. <laughs> Right. You have learned nothing. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, that's part one um, of our two-part recap. You didn't ask for it, but you we're know de- we're it, delivering anyway. <laughs> we go above and beyond for our brand. <laughs> Us going on sabbatical till July. We're like, <laughs> there is nothing that we won't do except filler episodes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's part one. So please come back in a few days. Part two will be posted and um Join us for the fun because it literally only descends more and more into hell. The rose ceremony from hell, said Jesse. And it, and it actually was. Like, you know, <laughs> that's like naughty. That's barely an exaggeration. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. Let us know how you feel about it all. Subscribe on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram if you don't already. And yeah, come back in a few days. We got part two, baby, just to give you your fix before we go on sabbatical for four months. Literally. Anyway, I was just so hoping my math was correct. I was like, wait, July is four months, right? (laughs) Yes. Um, Anyway, thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.